five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA, and uh, we're going to start off with Steve Falk. Hey, how are you? Today we're brought to you by Zero Carbon Direct Mail. We are producing the very first zero carbon direct mail that we've heard about on the, the planet. We started being concerned about the sustainability issues surrounding our business. After all, we've produced millions of printed items with paper and we were concerned. So we commissioned a study and we now understand the greenhouse gas emissions from the forest to our plant, including our commute to work and our heating and downstream to the mailbox where your direct mail pieces end up creating good for these organizations. Our fundraising direct mail business is a big part of what we do. So we concentrated on those and we now have a program of zero carbon direct mail. We're offsetting all of this and we're also setting aggressive targets of reducing carbon emissions. Some of which are achieved by doing things like using our easy donor mailer, which doesn't have an outer envelope and is 20% lighter in paper. So it turns out that when you're moving heavy things, you're often using carbon emitting fuel. So if you reduce the weight, you reduce the carbon. So a number of things have gone on here where you can now reduce your impact and offset it. And if you wanna know more about carbon zero direct mail, give us a call. We now have a program for you that might be perfect if you're concerned about the sustainability goals of your organization. Okay, how about that? And Steve um, has now joined with AIM Group. Uh, they bought Prime Direct, I think it's called Prime Data, I'm sorry. And, um, well, anyway. And so they're continuing this effort to get rid of the carbon footprint of mail. Steve and I have talked about it quite a bit, and he's trying to support great environmental causes. And so in order to get the most effectiveness, and I think he's even talked to me about, about how we should, we should look at the carbon spent per dollar raised as, as a metric, which would be a really interesting one. And that in that case, direct mail can beat digital because, you know, your computers are running all, all the time. Uh, computer, computing power takes about 4% or contributes about 4% of human emissions, which is not insignificant, right? Um, and trees are sustainable. We raise the, we make the paper from trees that we raise like a crop, okay? We raise them like we raise corn or we raise soybeans. And so they take CO2 out of the atmosphere, you know, and we put it back. So that one's almost a net zero right there. Um, of course, there's some some processes involved in the rest. But one of the things that got me going on this was uh, an article from Singapore that said, marketing flyers are still useful in a digital age, but we need better controls against waste. And uh, I got flown out to Singapore back in uh, 99, I think it was, yeah, and did a, a, full, a full day conference i was the i was the main lecturer about eight hours of teaching um when i staggered back to the airport they they immediately said you need an upgrade <laughs> so i flew back to tokyo in business class which was which was very nice uh the seats lay back real well but anyway so colorful printed flyers with eye-catching visuals and bold print spell spelling out potential real estate deals, or maybe the next big supermarket sale. 
So, you know, the flyer business is 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 running in Singapore. I, I don't think I've seen, you know, in spite of the fact that I spoke there, it was really more about handling data than it was about direct mail. And um, so there obviously are flyers in, in Singapore, which is kind of cool because, you know, you don't think about it. We're so, we're so uh, Americanopic, <laughs> myopic. And here's a collection of the flyers. <clears throat> Whether you want to keep or sell your real estate, there's the same flyer again. Uh, this one looks like it was also repeated over here. Um, and this may be the same one. It's hard to tell. These are a month's worth of direct mail flyers, but uh, only 14 pieces. So there isn't a lot of mail, it sounds like, in Singapore. That doesn't sound like one every other day. does not sound like um, an overload. But the article was very, very, uh, besides talking about um, that physical mail is more engaging, and as we said, could raise more money per per carbon admitted. Um, and as such, it's it probably is an integral part of overall marketing strategy. Uh, and especially if you're marketing to a particular neighborhood, if you're a realtor that 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 uh, focuses on one area. Um, but you know, of course, there's ink and paper. As and if you want to get Steve's report from AIM Group. Uh, we'll have a link in the comments, and uh, I'll also put up Steve's article. Oops, let's go back to Steve's article. There's Steve's article on LinkedIn. Here's Steve. I'll put this in the show notes also if you're a, a subscriber to WDMA or if you're a supporter. I'm pretty excited to announce that Prime Data is launching carbon-neutral direct mail. This is from a year ago, and since then, uh, Prime Data was acquired by AIM Group. Okay. A year ago, it was anyone's guess what the carbon footprint of a letter and envelope were. But with our sustainability study, we better understood the impact of paper, production, and delivery to mailboxes. With that, we're able to take the first step and start a carbon offset program. Uh, and at the same time, we'll be reducing where we can. You know, and the truth is, uh, Canada Post has worked really hard at this and is very efficient at moving the stuff around also and and that's in the report as well but anyway in singapore which is a pretty small little country um that i could see that they would want to reduce their their uh paper waste although um you know minneapolis did a study a very very extensive study and found that incinerating uh the the paper and plastic waste was the environmentally most reasonable way to treat it. And of course, that's partly because, as I said, we're only putting back the CO2 that was up there. Um, so uh, the author goes through that Sing Post operates a bulk mail system called Advertising Ad Mail, even if you, if, even if you, uh, and that, that, you know, they're paid to deliver the flyers, okay? There's also a way you can get a sticker that they'll put a sticker on and say they don't want ad mail. You can get a no, an orange no ad mail sticker. <clears throat> and uh, but then some people have gig workers distribute flyers directly to the doorstep of each flat. And uh, so, you know, there's a lot of forms of this. 
He says we have spam control to deal with email. We have do not call registry to deal with phone. Maybe we should have something like that for mail. Now we do have that um, in the United States. And I did an article I, from the New York Times about how someone tried to stop their mail. And within about, I don't know, a month, they had stopped about 80% of their um, of their direct mail coming to them. Um, and, you know, it was well-written. And, you know, you can go back to that one. I'm not going to get into that. Um, and he talks about the United States, that its direct mail is protected by the First and Fourteenth Amendments of the Constitution which I thought was very, very nice of him to do, or her, I don't know. Individuals do not wish to receive, can register to have their names removed from mailing lists in the United Kingdom. But in Barcelona and Vienna, local authorities have distributed anti-advertising and no junk mail stickers. And as I mentioned, in Dublin, there was a beautiful brass plaque above the mail slot in the Airbnb we stayed at that said, no junk mail, okay? Uh, so there's no one size approach to combating junk mail. Um, you know, most people think that's a bad term, but I like the idea that there's something in my life I actually can throw away without too much thought about it. Um, so there is room for some direct mail, some room for direct mail to be retained for those who wish to receive it. <laughs> you know, I, this is a professor and they don't like direct mail, but whatever. Um, but we need to do our part to combat climate change. Now, you know, I would rather think of it as waste in general because, you know, part of the recycling industry ends up getting our oceans filled with plastic. And if we incinerated it, we probably would have less actual waste laying around. I'm talking about high temperature incineration, right? Um, some research studies have found that where direct mail is targeted, well-designed, and implemented in ways that are respectful of preference of the recipient, it can be a helpful marketing and communication channel, which is well-received by consumers, especially in industries such as tourism, health, and wellness. So anyway, we have to be careful about legislating against it. Now, I did want to take just a second to dive into this, uh, to the debate about uh, about CO2, the world of CO2, climate science, and I'll put this in the in the uh, show notes as well. Um, the first was that that actual CO2 in the air, air is 78% nitrogen, 20% oxygen. CO2 is 415 parts per million, or about 42 parts per 10,000 is a little easier. Uh, as of May 2019, it's gone up a little probably since then. Um, we're not quite sure where that all comes from, but 99, let's see if I can read these fine numbers, 96.5% occurs naturally from the ocean, from plants, from soil respiration, from volcanoes. Okay, 97% is naturally occurring and 4% is man-made. There's a half a percent in there someplace. Okay, so you got to understand that from the first in the first place. Okay, it's a trace element. Okay, and there's a lot of evidence that says that adding more doesn't really affect the climate as much as when it's historically low, which was the case in the 20th century. It was a historic low point if you look on a millennial scale. Um, and the warming is not unprecedented in 
Greenland, as the great glaciers have receded a bit, we find whole farms that were covered in ice. <laughs> so uh, it obviously was greener than it is now, and it was warmer than it was than it is now. Um, and there's a lot of other evidence on that regard. Um, and the industries, I was trying to figure out the industries. This is where I found this, um, that 96.5% is naturally occurring. Um, and so computers contribute about 4% of man-made CO2. And so it's not zero that you get your email and your spam and all that. So that's an important facet. I did want to touch on this now. So now that we've got, um, now that we've got you educated on direct mail, it's not, it's not probably the main place to start fighting CO2. If we should be fighting CO2 at all, it also is contributing to the greening of the deserts around the world. Uh, deserts have shrunk about 10%, and largely the UN actually suggests that it's it's because of the increased CO2, which, as I said, was at historic lows. We are almost starving the plants, and now we're feeding them a little bit. So um, I did want to talk about this really interesting article from Wired. Uh, Israel's failure to stop Hamas attack shows the danger of too much surveillance, and I really actually called it the danger of too much of too much data. We've had this we've had this hypothesis going for a couple of decades that if we got enough data, we would know everything, and we would be able to drop an ad right on the nose of a buyer who is just about to make a decision and that they would instantly stop and turn around. Um, you know, I don't know the political affiliations of Wired, but a couple of the articles have been uh, very, very, uh, you know, anti-climate, I mean, uh, supporting fighting climate change and those kind of things. So I, I think in general, they're not on the same page as I am in the most in most cases. But on Saturday, Hamas militants caught Israel unaware with a series of devastating land, air, and sea attacks, right? I just want to talk about the intelligence. The sheer quantity of intelligence that Israel collects on Hamas, as well as the group's constant activity and, organi and organizing, may have played a role in obscuring plans. A colossal intelligence failure on behalf of the IDF, okay? And what what it speaks to the limitations and inevitable blind spots of even the most comprehensive <clears throat> surveillance regime, but also just having too much data. And this is the key point I want to get at. When you have a fire hose of intelligence streaming in from an array of sources, when the climate is fraught as in between Israel and Palestine, the challenge is organizing and parsing the information, not gathering it. And I would say that's the situation that we have in digital advertising. We think that more data is better. We think that a browsing history, keeping track of every website that I go to, you wouldn't believe the diversity of my website viewing, will tell you that I need a new pair of, of uh, loafers. <laughs> you don't have that piece of data, right? You don't, unless you, you're parsing this. And uh, even then, you don't know the, the brand that are on my feet right now. Uh, eBay might, but you don't. And so no matter how much data you get, you don't know where I'm at right now. You know, you don't know if I can fix them with a little rubber cement or shoe goo. Uh, and my brain works like that. So intelligence in an environment like Israel's isn't finding a needle in a haystack. It's finding a needle 
It's finding the needle that'll hurt you in a pile of needles. That is really profound, okay? Essentially, what uh, Williams is saying is that there are they're all in a, in a even if you're surveilling everybody, if they're talking about credible threats all the time, you can't be on a state of perpetual alert. Okay, Israel can't respond with force to every threat, even every credible one. They'd be on a heightened state of alert or actively engaged all the time, and that's probably actually worse for security. Okay, an interesting and excellent article by Wired. Um, but the point is, is that digital advertising, the biggest claim of digital advertising was, we'll get to your buyers right when they're making a decision, which may have made sense when you were the only one. But now there's 40 or 100 of them, right, with the same data profile. So does that really work? No, I don't think it does. And it's working more and more poorly as time goes on, right? And it's this exact case that we can't be everywhere. We're not omniscient. We're not omnipotent. And even if we collected all the data, and I fought with people constantly who say, we're collecting all the important data in marketing. No, you're not. In fact, no medium even gives you the engaged non-buyers. The buyers who actively looked at your ad thought about your ad and decided not to buy, which is the most important foundation to build machine learning data sets with, right? The non, the engaged non-buyer. TV doesn't give it to you. Outdoor doesn't give it to you. Digital doesn't give it to you, okay? So you're missing a colossal, the biggest piece that there is. It's bigger than the buyers. You know, when we did when we did prospect modeling, we learned more from the engaged non-buyers than the buyers because there were so few. Out of 50,000 zip codes, even with mailing 500,000 pieces at a time, out of 50,000 zip codes, only 20,000 were mailed at all. And out of that, only about 2,000 had any responses, and about 80% of those were one order per zip code. So now you're going to get geodemographic profiles of those neighborhoods, and it's going to tell you something? Not really. We learn more by looking at the zip codes where we mailed 100 pieces of mail and didn't get an order, or 10, or 1, you know. But we could find the real stinkos, and that's what we were really looking for. It's often easier to profile the non-responsive areas of your file than it is to try to get to look at the buyers and decide how to find more like them. So, so uh, there there was some information ahead of this, but it wasn't sufficient. It wasn't given sufficient con consideration, and it was misunderstood. And that's the way your house file is. That's the way your customer base is. It needs to be set up in highly controlled variable isolation experiments to see the incremental lift of changing one thing or changing another thing over time. It can be done. That's what direct marketing is about. But it isn't done. We take the fire hose approach and figure out that if we have enough data, we'll know something. And not only could nothing be further from the truth, but it actually is counterproductive, as we saw, I think, just recently. Have a great day. Think about that. Like and repost. Your friends will know you're smart.